Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello there. And welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist. And I want to thank you for tuning in today with my guest and I. It is episode 211, and it is one of my greatest delights to share this time with you every week. If you have not listened in before, you can find All Things Therapy on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are offered. I would love for you to join my email list as I have my first book coming out November 10th, 2020. It's available for pre-sale right now. And the topic of my book has to do with healing our deepest core wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness. I believe forgiveness to be a powerful healing tool that we can activate and actually action. I believe forgiveness is a progressively action process, and it really comes down to forgiving ourselves first and foremost. And from that place, we're really able to forgive others. So please go to my website, NOLA Therapy. It stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com. I have homes and offices in LA and New Orleans. I'm finally back to New Orleans after being in Los Angeles the last five months. And um, I was born and raised here. It's wonderful to be back in the South. I'm conducting phone, Skype, FaceTime, and Zoom sessions so that therapy can be convenient for you right now. Again, you can book sessions with me at nolatherapy.com. I offer an online class as well that you can take from the comfort of your own home, teaching you 20 psycho-spiritual techniques 
for empowerment, I-N, sourcing from within yourself, identifying your own strengths and kind of boosting yourself up where you have vulnerabilities or weaknesses. And I offer you really practical tips, things like meditation, prayer, a morning routine, a night routine, using a pendulum, creating an altar, some really cool and unique techniques that I've used in my own life daily. Again, it's all at NOLA Therapy. I'm there on Instagram, Facebook, my YouTube channel, and uh, that's enough about me. I really am excited to have my guest with us today. We are with Adrienne Bankert. She is an Emmy Award-winning journalist. She's an ABC News and Good Morning America correspondent, reporter, and anchor. She's also an author, and today we are discussing her book titled Your Hidden Superpower. The kindness that makes you unbeatable at work and connects you with anyone. Adrienne is also a mentor and devoted to community service. She's the founder and president of Loving Individuals Giving Help Together. The acronym is LIGHT, L-I-G-H-T. And she consults with organizations that work to keep young people off the streets. She's been on many boards, including this one, of the Juvenile Justice Chaplaincy And she really, her life experience has shown that kindness, intentional kindness is a way to position yourself every day. It is our choice. And Adrian, I'm just delighted to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm actually, I was in a writing mode um, up until the call. I'm working on my second book already, but talking about the first one has really been therapeutic. Talk about all things therapy. Uh, Reading my own book has been very helpful during this time. I believe you after having just finished it last night. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. What have you found it particularly now to help you with? Well, number one, um, and we talked just a moment before this live show, it really is about your identity. You know, kindness is something just like we have to be told over and over again to eat more protein and vegetables and to <laughs> cut back on the sugar. I mean, if if something as basic as what we put in our bodies has to be told to us over and over again, I really believe kindness is just like that. It's nutritive. It's like a vitamin. And we have to continuously be reminded about not only how kindness is important for relationships and in helping the world go around, but it's also important for us to know who we are. And I think that identity is at the center of so much of our healing, so much of our progression as being all that we're supposed to be, that kindness gave me that aha moment that a kind act, a kind word, expressing myself kindly would actually trigger me to foster my wholehearted identity. You know, and and what I hear you talking about, Adrian, is kindness as a lifestyle, like you speak about also your identity, a lifestyle, and a choice. Yeah, I mean, I think that initially, I, I, I use this uh, diet and exercise example so much, I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but initially when you start to say, you know what, it's about time, I reached a certain age, I've allowed myself to gain so much weight, or I've gotten a little squishy, I need to work out, right? And you make the choice. Then you decide to implement certain things into your lifestyle. You don't buy bread and bring it home, or cookies, or cakes. You uh, resort to walking, 
as often as you can, or maybe you have a morning routine of taking the dog out, but you walk a little further so that you can burn more, burn more calories. So there's the lifestyle part. But then eventually, for those who stay committed, working out just becomes second nature. And that's what I believe kindness can bring to us. But it's our true nature elevated. You know, I'm thinking too, Adrian, it is such a perfect metaphor. And my, I used to be a fitness instructor for oh, fun, okay. and am, yeah, amateur <laughs> athlete. I have dear friends who are trainers. And it, it you, what you're talking about in your book about kindness, it's working the inner musculature of our minds. It's mindset. It's our thoughts that become our our habits that fuel our behaviors. And it is like, like we've heard it said many times, you wouldn't go to the gym and lift the heaviest weight in the room. You would take the time to work up to it. And so I wonder for you with kindness, I know you talk about kindness has been a coach to you and in your work, especially in the industry that you're in, like, how did you, cause sometimes it's, we can lose sight. I was sharing with you before coming live that I, you know, I felt a little emotionally tired this week and your book has been like this reminder and boost of like, no, you don't change who you are because others aren't showing up in kindness. Like it's my integrity, it's my identity and we get to choose that. So I wonder if you can talk to us how you personally, you know, became, this became so meaningful for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think when you're faced a lot of pressure as we have been lately and life is pressure, right? I just posted a video on Instagram and It was just me kind of digesting ideas that I had shared with people I mentor and coach. It's like, okay, so life is harder right now. I I don't know one person who does not think that life is harder right now. I don't care what their perspective is. Um, More pressure, whether it's financial or emotional or mental uh, or family relational. And I was just thinking, you know, for many of us, when we went through the times of isolation and quarantine, it was highly, highly emotional and difficult. And so during that time for me, it was a matter of, do I believe what's in my own book? And so reading Mm. it actually said, you know, it confronted me to say, you know, either you believe this works or you don't, you know, if it only works when you're having like a scale of one to 10, a number three type of crisis versus global crisis, then it, it, you're not even sold on your own book. So it was funny that I had to become this student, even though I was making my own writing the teacher. And it was true. And it convinced me even more that this message has to come out, that we can be innovative in times of crisis, that we can start thinking outside of the box because when we decide to be kind, it's, it's our way of throwing a life preserver to somebody else. And in doing so, I say in the book, you're lifted up above the raging waters as well. Um, it's, a, it's a win-win. And then also, too, I have to decide who I am no matter how other people are treating me. If I don't, then I'm merely a, a compromising person. I mean, I can't get into the same behavior that I'm endeavoring to prevent. I can't... Yeah. Um, Yes. You know, I'm not saying that you never have conflict. I mean, believe me, I, I, I'm one of seven children. Like there's going to be conflict. You're the oldest. You know? You're the oldest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've never had a fear of conflict. So I hope nobody's misreading what I'm saying. My, my point is, is that when faced with difficulties and challenges, adversity in my life has made me stronger. It's like the lifting of weights. It can develop you. And so not to say that 
we don't have moments because I had plenty here in New York, when, especially at the at the height of the epicenter, um, when it was just so um, the atmosphere was so charged with sorrow and fear and anxiety, mm-hmm. and you know that electric city that the Big Apple is it's still electric it's just that there's other things in the airwaves right now the frequency is different so for me i i had to make some real conscious decisions not to let myself get down because of a lack of social interaction but i thought how do i pick myself up even higher above that weight that burden of pressure that we're all under. And it was to say, you know what? I'm going to use this to test me, to see that I am the kind person that I say I am. I'm going to use this to decide, no matter what, that I am kind and I have hope. Because the alternative is me acting outside of who I really am and actually compromising my own character and going against what I say I believe. Yeah. So you're acting in congruence with your philosophy and you're also in your book, you talk about, you offer some great tips of how you can, in my words, action, kindness. And Mm -hmm. then on an interview, I heard you, I was just listening to some of the interviews you've given this morning and you talk about, which I thought was so awesome that you've been say Venmoing people money for coffee since, you know, we can't. So can you talk some about that? Some tips, people that are listening and want to know, you know, how they can really embrace kindness and behaviorally express it in their lives. Yeah. Cause one of the things in the book, I, I, really wanted the book to be a bit of a guide and not just to be, you know, let's talk about everything, but not do, you know, I wanted it super understandable, relatable and practical. And so one of the things that I have talked about, and I was inspired by someone who is on my team, they had adopted furloughed employees who happen to be friends of theirs. So they have a job still, they have friends on the other coast. They found out three people they knew were furloughed or fired or laid off during the pandemic. And so she, I'll just say, and we won't name her. Yeah, be very humble. She's humble about it. She called up all her mutual friends of these three and said, what are we going to do about it? And so they gathered together and they made sure that all three of those people had groceries and food for a, a month or two. And I said, that is so inspiring. What can I do just on an individual level regularly And I thought, you know what? I can't take people to coffee like I used to. The coffee shops Mm. won't close, but I can send somebody 10 bucks and say coffee's on me because you're saving money, really. I mean, you're you're saving more money in some ways because you're not going out to lunches and brunches and dinners. And so it's like, you know what? Why would I stop doing something that I would be doing? It's, It's again, it's the same exact exercise. It's the same muscle memory. Who are you when the whole world shuts down? Are you going to change who you are? No. That, the, the answer I said to myself, we all have to answer it for ourselves, was no. I take people to coffee. I take people to lunch. I make sure to meet up friends for dinner. So what am I going to do when I'm stuck in my apartment? I'm still going to take people to lunch. I'm still going to take people to coffee. Yes. I just have to do it virtually. And so that kind act that's very practical that almost everybody on the planet can do is an affirmation in action to tell you, it's not just doing something nice for somebody. Yes, it's a breath of fresh air. Yes, it's gonna make their day better, but it's also mutually beneficial for you to say, I'm going to remain as generous and kind and thoughtful and considerate, even when everything around me is telling me no. 
Absolutely. You know, and it's really, I'm a student in A Course in Miracles, and it, it your book is so in alignment with, with those uh, lessons, just really about expressing, you know, the, the love of spirit, whatever a person believes in, like really allowing um, intuition. You talk about even how yeah. kindness is a gateway to one's intuition and you know, even you have so many stories in your book about you think of someone and you select something for them. And it's literally like exactly what they needed. Like the woman who just, I think, had kids and you got razors. I mean, what an odd gift. <laughs> but she was like freaking out. Like, how did you know? So can you yeah. talk to us about that? Like a gateway to intuition and even empathy. I see kindness yeah. really tapping into our innate empathy system. Well, yeah, uh, my one of my favorite topics of the book is how kindness develops a sixth sense in you. And I realized this because when you are so vested in someone, when you just care with no strings attached, it gives you the ability to be more sensitive, to be more intuitive or aware. I mean, there's different words to describe this, but I say when you follow the warm impulses that you get to call somebody or do something, or you your imagination is enlightened with something you should do for them, even though it seems kind of silly, um, mm -hmm. like when I was getting my friend who had just had a baby, I wanted to get her baby things like diapers or baby wipes or baby snacks. And she had another child already, like I think a three-year-old. And I was asking somebody to do the shopping for me. And I said, will you please pick up some women's razors? I just see razors and throw <laughs> them in the bag. And I was like, I don't know why I'm thinking that, but I'm going to just do it. And when I took all the stuff to her house, She's like, oh, this is so nice. And she takes out the baby stuff. And, oh, this is Adrian. You shouldn't have. And then she sees the razors and she starts screaming. Yes. How did you know? And I'm like, what? And she's like, you got me razors. I haven't shaved my legs in three months or nine months or a year or whatever it was. Like, it, she said, I haven't been able to go to Target because we live way out here in the country. And she said, I don't know how you knew that. But she was more excited about the razors than anything else. And I've done that before. I mean, I just did that this week. I, I encouraged a group of women that I mentor and, and moderate conversations about discovering your inner superpower. And um, I said, okay, we're all going to go in and buy each other coffee. So I'm going to select one person's name and that person, we're all going to give to them and buy them coffee and they can take the cash and do whatever they want with it. They can give it to charity. They can go get themselves a mani-pedi if they have a salon open in their city, whatever. Well, I picked the name and I sent the email late last night, 10 o'clock, and said, hey, guys, it's me. This is the person's name. Go get them coffee virtually. I get an email this morning that says, this is perfect. It's her birthday today. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, oh, my That's gosh, beautiful. I didn't know that. You know, and so it's like what I say is it's you're using your conscience for other people's benefit. And that will develop the muscle memory you need for knowing the still small voice or the intuition or the discernment for your own life. But you won't be able to practice it as much for your own life before you actually use it for others because you don't have any preference there. You don't have any vested in It's just you know strings attached following that warm impulse. A lot of times we get hung up on our own, you know, preconceived ideas about ourselves or we have a framework that has a preference because we've had so much history or baggage with ourselves. But for somebody else, we don't even think about it. We just do it. And so that hones that muscle memory. It's such a beautiful story and it keeps giving. It perpetuates itself. You talk about kindness. I'm thinking of it being contagious, that people have been so kind to you. You give so many examples of generosity and, and how it just begins in our lives to cause a flow of experience and a chain of intentional kindness. Can you talk to us about that? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that you don't know why you're doing something sometimes and you just follow that gut response, you know, that gut intuition and you open a door that ends up paying you dividends or putting you in position or reaping benefits down the road. Um, you know, I opened the book with a story of how I got into network television because I had always wanted to be on network television, but I couldn't open that door for the life of me. So finally, um, when I was working in uh, Texas and I was moving to Los Angeles, I was referred by a woman who'd known me forever. And I recall having conversations with this woman and making sure that I didn't say anything negative about anybody. Okay. Just, I remember being really intentional. I'm not perfect. I just, I was just like, you know, it is really important to never say anything bad about anybody. I can't say that I've never done it. I'm just saying in these particular conversations, I was really, really focused. And, and I did that in a lot of relationships. I just, I remember practicing being discreet, being respectful, only saying good things. Like just, I recall the years because she's known me for my whole career and I needed a job and she called one of her contacts who happened to be in Los Angeles and said, you need to work with Adrian Bankert. I've never heard her say a bad word about anybody. Mm. Now, I didn't know that she was going to do that. I didn't know she was saying that. I found out that I was hired because of that. She told me, you know, the woman who hired me said, it's because we need people like you. And this was over a decade. You know what I mean? This was a long time coming. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, but that opened the door for the relationships that led me to ABC News in New York. And it was that connection. But I mean, I say that a lot of us think we're really good. Like we have the confidence. We really know how good we are. And that's what opens the door. But or we work really hard and that's why we deserve it. But I found that kindness opens it without any strain. Like I can work really hard but I can save a lot of sweat when I'm kind to somebody and they remember me and they're kind back. I'm not saying that you don't work hard. I'm just saying that I think that kindness actually supersedes strength or tenacity or talent. I think it's more important to be kind because right now you can be the most talented person on your team, but if you have a reputation for being less than pleasant to work with, especially today when your reputation is posted on social media um, or things that you've said are refound, rediscovered, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want it, you want to have the total package, keep working hard, but make sure that as you treat people the way you'd want to be treated, you realize the richness in that. I think people kind of slough that off like, oh, well, you know, there's lots of nice people. I tell, I talk about the difference between being kind and being nice. Yes, you do. Can I ask you a question? first and then yeah. move into that area. Cause I, I have both like noted down. Totally. So when you're talking about confidence and kindness as a, as a way to source confidence, I ask myself often, Adrian, like, where am I sourcing my confidence from? And when it's come from, um, you know, something outwardly derived, even, even finishing my book after three and a half years and Yay. receiving a, thank you, receiving a publishing contract, even that, you know, it, it wasn't as long lasting as, you know, deriving my confidence from being a kind and generous person, which okay. doesn't have to do with anything else or anyone else, but me. And so 
I love where you talk about in your work and your book about kindness as a source of our confidence, as you were just talking about, and how it is different from being polite and nice. And so that was also a key concept to me because, and I, so I wanted you to talk about that, the differences between being nice and polite and then kindness. Well, let's talk about the confidence thing. Uh, sure. That's what that was what you really were asking about in the beginning. It's that, yes. you know, where where does your confidence come from? And for me, I think I strove so badly and so diligently to get to a certain place in my career. And mm-hmm. I, I was working on kindness the whole time, but still performance-based identity is rampant, especially in yes. media. You know, it's all yeah. about what you do well and how much you do it and how much more you do it than someone else. I mean, it's just... It's all about performance-based identity. But what I found is that with people who foster kindness kindness based on what they do, that when they make a mistake or when they appear to fail, then their whole life is over. You know, it's performance-based identity can lead to a mentality that can be very condemning when you mess up or when you're not yeah. perfect or when you don't ace the, you know, live shot or whatever. And I have worked very hard to make sure that I don't source my confidence in any amount of airtime. I actually see myself as broadcasting 24 seven because mm-hmm. instead of my career defining who I am, I've decided to allow my career to highlight who I am and to be an analogy for the kind of thing that I'm really doing all the time. So I'm on air for GMA and I'm on for, I don't know, two minutes, we'll just say. And that's just an analogy for the broadcasting that I'm doing when I'm talking to Lisa on the radio and the broadcasting I'm doing when I'm doing a mentoring call and the broadcasting I'm doing when I make a phone call to a friend or to a new contact or the broadcasting that I'm doing when I'm posting to social media. I'm constantly putting out. And what am I putting out? I'm putting out who I am. And so my confidence can't be based in a performance mentality when I know that I am enough. And I think that's one of the biggest parts of the book that's surprising to some people is that this book is really about your authentic self. Yes. And accepting it as you are enough and you are unduplicatable and you are undeniably unique and special in your own way. Because I wanted to answer the question, what makes you so special? And I think that's where the confidence comes from. When I know that my thumbprint can't be duplicated, the world will never see another Adrian Bankert. The world will never see another Lisa Tahir. You can't, you cannot imitate what we bring to the table because we have this unique set of DNA, genetics, you know, family history, experience. Um, but it was just that indelible imprint that we put on planet Earth and the communities that we're in, just by being ourselves, that made me realize kindness is that thumbprint. Because my kindness will look different than your kindness. And knowing that that makes me so unique allowed me to find my confidence in the fingerprint, in the, in the imprint of my kindness and not in the performance. And um, in terms of kindness versus niceness, you know, a lot of people mix the terms up. But nice is the hello in the hallway, I say, and kind is a warm embrace. It doesn't mean even mm. necessarily a physical embrace, but it's that true connection where you're actually aware of that person and you tailor your conversation to that person as if they're the most important person in the room at that moment. And people will tell me like, oh, I don't have time to be kind. Like, I don't have time to be nicer than a hello. I don't have time to be nicer than, hey, how are you? A text message. Like, and I, I think it's, it takes just 
one millisecond more to say, is there anything I can do for you versus, mm. hey, how are you? And move on to the next thing. And when you ask somebody a question in a little bit different way, you'll realize it's actually kinder than just an obligatory politeness that we know we should be doing because it's the right thing or whatever. And I don't want to just be polite. I mean, I studied the words. Kind and nice are actually used you did. synonymously, but the depth of kindness versus the exactness of niceness are very disparate. They're totally different things. And I want people to not see nice as bad. I want them to graduate because nice will not get you the connection that all of us are craving. You talk about that. And I want to say it's a beautiful portion of your book where you talk about our individual thumbprint of kindness. It really is that unique. And I had never thought of it as such until reading your words. And um, it was just beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Adrian, I'm going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, I would love to talk to you about where you talk about the power of giving just to give you kind of like a heads up. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. So for you, the listener of All Things Therapy, we all know that life can be overwhelming. And when you feel stress, your body and mind can't focus and your sleep may be interrupted. I have a new sponsor called Focal. And Focal is plant-powered wellness. They offer a line of premium hemp CBD products combined with natural ingredients like valerian root, purple passion flower, vitamin B6, and lion's mane. There's a Focal day formula that helps you to focus and be alert without caffeine. There's a Focal nighttime formula that helps you to fall asleep faster and sleep more deeply without waking up groggy. And I've been using this nighttime formula. I really like the way that it acts upon my body system. As my listener, to check them out, you can receive 15% off your first order with code ATT, standing for all things therapy, all caps. Go to focal.com. It's capital F-O-C-L.com. And try out their plant-powered wellness products for day or night. They even offer you a 60-day money-back guarantee. They want you to love it or pay nothing. So go to focal, F-O-C-L.com. Use code ATT at checkout for 15% off your first order. So what inter- what might be interfering with your happiness or causing you, again, stress, overwhelmness? It's a theme going on right now. My sponsor, BetterHelp, is a HIPAA-compliant, secure online therapy platform. They are more affordable than traditional therapists, like myself even, and they utilize licensed practitioners, licensed therapists in every state. You can request a counselor and hear back from them within 24 hours. They offer financial aid for people who might need that. And my stance on this is it's better to talk to someone than no one and not to let finances be a problem. That's why I advertise them on my podcast. I have been a therapist for better help when I first went out to Los Angeles and before I was licensed in California. And um, so I can just say they're really awesome. And as my listener, they are. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Offer you 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash ATT. That's betterhelp.com forward slash ATT and take 10% off your first month. Leslie, I want to let you know that if you're not a member of Audible and receiving audiobooks from them, Adrian's book, Adrian Bankert's book that we are talking about right now is on Audible. I listen to it. It's narrated by her. So you get to hear the intonation of her voice. And as my listener, Audible will offer you a free audiobook download. If you go to audibletrial.com, forward slash all things therapy and you can keep subscribing there's a monthly fee or you can just receive that one download and cancel whatever works for you at audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy okay adrian we are back and i wondered if you can talk to us about the power of giving absolutely yeah i um actually love this topic and it's been a big part of my life but Giving doesn't have to be money, though we all, you know, I think I've never met anybody that said, oh, I don't, I don't want any more money um, for some bill, <laughs> for some need, yeah. for some, I mean, there are people who have a hard time, I think, receiving a gift of money. Sometimes they feel funny about it, but I've learned that we all could use more, um, whether it's to help a family member, um, maybe it's to benefit a charity that we really care about. And it feels really lousy when you can't give to people that you care about or things and causes that you care about. However, sometimes money is short and you don't have it. And so I wanted to include in the book ways that you could give that showed the impact and the power of that kindness and that generosity without it costing you a cent. Just to prove the point that it's priceless and just to prove the point that even if you have an idea, it could generate money. So um, I included some stories in the book there were times when people would tell me about their own nonprofit causes and they would tell me about how they were doing the business of their volunteerism or their philanthropy. And I would give them an idea that would actually help them in terms of funding Mm. just by me partnering with them in that idea and their imagination. I mentioned uh, one of the hairstylists at uh, Good Morning America was doing these etiquette meals, dinners for children who are in the juvenile justice system. And I said, woman, I said, you contact some restaurants in the area and ask them to sponsor you. I said, it would be a wonderful opportunity for them to reach the community and for you to, because she was paying out of pocket. Now, again, do whatever you want, pay out of pocket if you want, that's fine. But there are lots of organizations and companies that want to partner with community groups. And the key is to having that hope or that belief that people do want to help you. A lot of us, unfortunately, I've been one of them, think we have to do it all alone or think that right. people don't understand or think, well, nobody's helping me. I'm so glad that I've grown out of that because I need a lot of help. I need to ask a lot of people to give me advice and to give me uh, an avenue and a platform. And so um but I think that giving is the thing that actually takes the limits off our own imagination. I don't think it, I know it. And it makes what seems impossible possible by again, using a need that isn't necessarily right in your own life. 
and allowing it to expand you by brainstorming solutions because you're not in that situation yourself. So if you're giving to, say, a friend or a family member, you actually aren't the one feeling the pain of that budget crunch. And so you can think, okay, what ideas could we come up with? What could we do? Could we sell some stuff on uh, Etsy or something? Or um, perhaps we do uh, some type of you know family fundraiser and ask people to give you know, a certain amount of money. And then in exchange, we host an online concert for the family. I mean, just getting creative will stir more creativity in other areas of your life. But it starts with the kindness of giving to someone other than yourself. The the biggest advancement for me and the reason why the book even happened is because I realized over so many years, people had given to me, coaches, Mm. teachers, mentors, family members, I was suffering through having questions about my own life that I could not fix or hear the answer to. It was either I was blinded by the fact that it was such a big problem, it seemed such an impossibility, or I was frustrated because I've been dealing with the problem so long. And finally, I said, you know what? If I become a conduit for answers for other people, there's a chance that my answer is going to float down in there too. I become like an instrument of answers versus suffering through the problem. And just being so worrisome and so focused on the negative. And so I was like, you know, if I focus on other people's answers because they've given me so much, people have been giving me so much, surely I have a ton of wisdom for other people. And so in using the wisdom I had at my disposal and giving it to others, I was able to hear my answers automatically without even trying. That's the key. And I I sense that it's brought you just a great amount of fulfillment and deep satisfaction. That's That's the thing. It's like, it's great to have a great job. It's great to be able to travel the world and do really cool stuff. But I don't I don't have that gloominess. I don't have that lack of fulfillment. I feel so much better and so much more at peace because it's like I truly found my spot. My sweet spot. In the way that you mentor, you talk about that, the sweet spot level of fulfillment as yeah. well. And and developing a trigger word even mm-hmm. to remember to be kind. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I think that we um, often are faced with so much conflict and pressure and stress that we need something in a millisecond that'll capture our attention or arrest us so that we respond in the right way. And it can be a statement. It can be a song. Uh, The first few months of 2020, I've kind of slacked off. I better get back to it. I was singing the song from Oklahoma. Um, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. And I would sing that, uh, so that I could remember that everything's going to work out. Everything's going your way, girl. It's going to work out. Don't figure it out. Don't stress. And that was like my little theme song for 2020. It was a trigger though, to happiness in 2018, the year I wrote the book, I would say today's the best day ever. I'm the happiest girl on the planet every morning. Today is the best day ever because so many times things would face me or confront me and it would be like, oh my God, how am I going to work this out? How am I going to make this happen? And it would become, it would make me a little sullen or a little miserable. And I didn't complain, but I didn't know how to pick myself out of that slump. And so I would give myself a mantra, give myself. And so I tell people, put it on your screensaver of your computer or your phone Give yourself, confront yourself constantly. I put the word trust on my wall that year mm. too. I just put the word trust and stuck it on my wall. And every morning when I went up, I woke up 
and the sun was out. So, you know, the room was filled with light. And every night before I turned my lights off, I was confronted with that word trust. And if you have to write the word kind and stick it, like write it on your bathroom mirror with a dry erase marker, I am kind. I am the kindest person on the planet. Whatever you have to say to convince yourself that you are compassionate and people see it and they feel it and they feel better when you're around. It's not about people pleasing. It's about being solution oriented. Whatever that takes, a song in your phone, in your playlist, a word that's in your purse by your credit cards, something that you'll see constantly, stick it in your refrigerator if you have to, to stay positive, to stay amped up, to stay energized. Because the alternative is to get swept away in concern, worry, fear, doubt, dread, who knows, any number of actions. I just, I can't afford that if I'm gonna keep being the solution oriented person that I am. Absolutely, Adrian. And what you're talking about here with affirmation is so powerful. One of the techniques I have in my online class is affirmation and doing exactly what you're talking about. I I have sticky notes that I yeah. put in different places <laughs> to remind myself. And I borrowed your statement when I read it the other day, like, girl, you got this. Yes. Uh, you Pep know, talk. like I Yeah, the way that you talk, your inner voice is so important for every day. Louise Hay spoke about this and her work and affirming ourselves every day, throughout the day, hundreds of times. And I find writing it to be really helpful on my phone, you're saying, on my screensaver, that little boost as a reminder. Yeah, you you can't rely on other people to be encouraging to you all the time. A lot of us are going through different things But if we put the power in someone else to be our boost, then we're always reliant on somebody else. It'd be great if five of our best friends and our sisters and our brothers would call us and say, I wanna tell you, you're a rock star, you're amazing. Now, I would love for people to do that. But what I realized is I have the power to do that for other people. I don't have the power to control what they do to me or for me. So I'm gonna be the one that does my little selfie video. This is my free kindness practical tip. You freeze frame your smile, just smile into your phone, press record and just tell somebody you're a rock star, you're amazing, can't wait to see your face. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you. Press send, 10 seconds of your life, way better than a standard text. People miss seeing faces, we got masks on. And it's like Mm. a reminder that not only do I appreciate you and care about you, but I'm gonna take just a little more thought into it and I'm gonna send you my face because you haven't seen it in a while. Okay, that's awesome. It works. People love it. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I can see that. So you inspired me to finish something this week and kind of ending on where you talk in your book about leaving a kindness legacy. Yeah. And and legacy is something I see that, you know, when we end a conversation, when we leave a room, and then it's the legacy of, of our lives, of course, in the in the bigger sense. So something that's been important to me, Adrian, is I, I'm a glass artist. That's been my therapy for 20 years, blowing glass, casting glass. And I started a nonprofit in 2010 called the Yes Foundation, Inc. And I got a U.S. patent on an invention for people in wheelchairs, children and adults in wheelchairs to learn to blow and cast glass. Awesome. Because it, thank you, it's never been made ADA compliant or accessible. So over the last 10 years, I had this thought that like, um, I built one bench, I used it to teach a 14 year old with autism to blow glass. And then it's been sitting in the studio in Georgia where it was fabricated. And my first thought 
was to sell it to a studio to use it. And when I was meditating several months ago, like I felt spirit say to me, give it to them. Like you pay for it, you give it to a studio. And so I want, I wanted to have this finalized before we came on the call today, but I made the last payment to the glass studio and it's being shipped to a wonderful nonprofit in new Orleans called Yaya artist. They teach children and adults to blow glass and use glass as a healing modality. A lot of kids that would be on the street and, um, you know, getting into trouble here in new Orleans. So I finalized it's $2,000 and I feel like, you know, it's, it's such a small contribution for what like I see like my legacy being and just making this accessible and with one studio having it like we want to get the news to come out and you know I just am believing that it'll be greater than you right. know if I'm waiting for a measly you know check to pay for this so I wanted to be able to share that today that you really inspired me to finish this and get it out there yeah and it's about getting started and it, and nothing is too small you know what looks small and and I don't think that $2000 or this invention that you made is small by any means, but what looks like it could be a drop really creates this great ripple effect, right? And, yeah. and, and you, can, you can see that you've established a connection to this organization that you donated it to. What will be your second step? That would be my question to you. Okay. You made, this is your first step. Yeah. And you're generating connection. You're generating a sense of abundance in you that there will be plenty more where that came from. But what's yeah. your second step? Because this is just the first ripple of many that creates this wave of abundance, of philanthropy, of helping others. Um, there's always another chapter, another page to turn. And so in the kindness that you show. I just wrote that down. Thank you. What is my second step? Yeah, it's exciting because it's like the way I see kindness and even your example is perfect. We all have this treasure map. And each thing that we do is like the next curve or the next stop along the path of this treasure map, map that we're charting to get to our pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And by following those kind, warm impulses, we're actually on this really cool adventure that lines out the orbit that is our path that was already laid out before us. We don't have to try to figure it out. We just have to mm. listen to those nudges of kindness and it leads to open doors and it leads to opportunities that we couldn't have seen or found just by going through the motions or waiting for, you know, it's bigger than what goes around comes around. It's, it's this exciting way to live life where you don't have to have it all figured out, but you follow the impulse to be yes. kind and it's, it's far greater than you could ever imagine. And it feels so deeply satisfying in the most intrinsic, like powerful, sustaining way. You can't buy it. That's the the thing. The richest people in the world are able to get whatever they want materially. They're able to travel wherever they want to go. But if you travel somewhere and you still don't have fulfillment, if if you are able to eat at the finest restaurant and you still don't have peace, that, that to me, I'm wanting to go after what money can't buy. I'm okay mm-hmm. with, give, give me the you know profitability with my purpose. I'm good with that. But I promise you there are people longing for the kind of fulfillment that only being kind, only serving, only generosity can bring. 
You know, and you also inspired me when I heard you on another interview talking about Venmoing people coffee money because you're not able to buy them coffee like before. I thought about my neighbors across the street who I, I love. They helped me so much living between Los Angeles and New Orleans. And I went to the bakery and I was like, oh, I wonder what kind of cake Miss Mary likes. And I felt <laughs> drawn to this chocolate cake and I like gave it to her husband and she texted me. She's like, baby, how did you know I love chocolate cake? And like you said, yeah. that intuition. And so I just want to thank you again for this really Aww. reminder of who we truly are. I think at our deepest level is kindness, is generosity, is this flow. It's a flow. It is so a flow. It's like get in because as you flow to your next stop on the treasure map, remember the the map is inside of you. Everything you need is inside of you. The metal detector is inside of you for that gold at the, at the end of the rainbow, which can be different things to people. But how exciting to live life, not quite knowing what's around the corner, but just knowing that it's good. And so I wondered for you in concluding, where what do you want to leave us with? How can people reach you? I know you're on social media and kind of what's next, Adrian, and just want to turn it over. <laughs> Thank you. you. Yeah. Well, I, I love that people are getting the message of kindness, that those who believed in kindness in the first place are seeing it from a different perspective, seeing themselves as more powerful, because that's really what I wanted. I wanted people to start seeing themselves as more of a rock star of kindness, make kindness famous, be strong in kindness, and not see it as something that always is quiet or always is polite. Um, it, it is very thoughtful, but it can be a game changer in your life. And you can find more about the book at yourhiddensuperpower.com, but it's sold everywhere, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Audible. Uh, like you mentioned, the book is narrated by me, which I'm so grateful for. Um, yes. And you can find it on Books a Million and Leadership Essentials. But you can follow me at AB on TV on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow us at The Unbeatable Kind on Instagram and Facebook. We're actually in the midst of our first week of my book club. I'll be live on Facebook tomorrow, which is exciting with that. And that's it. Again, your hidden superpower at The Unbeatable Kind on Facebook and Instagram. And so I'm, I'm doing a lot more speaking on empathy and kindness inside of companies. I believe there's a vital shift that was needed before, but now it's undeniable we need kinder work environments. We need to shift to a kinder culture in every organization from education to healthcare to corporate America. The world is demanding us to be kind under pressure. And so we need to all be ambassadors of kindness. It's no longer negotiable. It really is the next new thing and it will never go out of style. So I'm excited that we're gonna have more people join in. I'm excited too. And I'd love to have you back on to talk about your next book that you Absolutely. mentioned you're writing and anything else you ever want to talk about. Okay, deal. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adrian. I'm so just happy to be connected. I feel a true oh. resonance. Well, thank you. Thank you for your kind interview and, and for asking good questions and much success with your next step. Thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye-bye. That concludes my show today with Adrian Bankert, your hidden superpower, the kindness that makes you unbeatable at work and connects you with anyone. I am wishing you a wonderful weekend and week, all of my love, and I'll be with you next week. Bye-bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.